Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you ask Canadians, and it's been done, what's the number one issue in this country? Economics? Economy? Inflation? Interest rates? Nope. Not number one. Healthcare is the number one issue in this country. This is where we quite often hang our emotional hats, if you will, in Canada. Our national healthcare system, this is what we're proud of, but our national healthcare system is in really significant disrepair and under massive stress. We've talked about this. We've talked about it with guests, including the two guests who are about to join me. And we know that Canadians who are ill, who present to a doctor, or present to a hospital, or present to an emergency room, often have to wait a long time, far longer than they should, for diagnosis, and may find their treatments unavailable simply because of the numbers of patients who have accumulated. So it's the number one issue. And joining us are uh, the immediate past president of the Canadian Medical Association and the current president of the CMA, Dr. Catherine Smart, is the immediate past president, and uh, she's a Yukon pediatrician. She's also worked in major urban and rural hospitals. Dr. Elika Lafontaine is the current president of the CMA and the association's first indigenous president, and he's listed in the Medical Post's 50 Most Powerful Doctors. Dr. Smart, good to have you with us. I always ask doctors this. How are you? I'm well, Roy. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm well. Somebody has to ask doctors how you are. How are you, Dr. Lafontaine? I'm great. I'm great. You know, Dr. Smart and I have talked about uh, healthcare quite a bit. It's the first time us both being on the same interview. So it's this pretty special for me. Well, I'm glad we could do this. And it just occurred to me the other day that you've both given me very straight answers when I'm asked about healthcare. And it's not just me asking, it's the people of this country asking, where are we? What do we need? Where are we going? How reliable is our healthcare system and what does it need? So let's begin. And maybe you can just talk to each other. I'll step aside for a moment. Would you just share with us, please, how you both identify the difficulties, the challenges that this healthcare system faces, and what does it need? I know people, we constantly talk about putting more billions of dollars into the healthcare system, but it's more than money, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe I'll, I'll start off before turning it to, to Dr. Smart. The conversations that we're having are the same conversations that we've been having 10 years ago. And I, I think we continue to get drawn into the wrong focus when it comes to healthcare change. You know, we, we are talking about public versus private pay now. You know, there's a big rush to replace the family doc with someone else in the same sort of siloed, isolated practice pattern. You know, there's a rush to bring in new technology when old technology would do as, as good of a job. You know, the, the real focus, I think, is, is a shift towards seamless versus fragmented care. You know, how do you, how do you help a patient? navigate their way through the healthcare system, knowing what's going on in real time. You know, Air Canada gives me a text when my flight is boarding, but we can't do the same for patients when they're ready for their appointment or to update them about where they are on the wait list. You know, moving towards team-based care is something that both Dr. Smart and I have talked quite a bit about. And, you know, this idea of, of moving beyond our 13 siloed jurisdictions in this country, our 13 separate health systems, and towards a more collaborative approach to policy and regulation, you know, these are the places that are really going to make a big impact. But I, I see us getting drawn into the same old conversations. Dr. Smart? And I'll just, 
Yeah, and I'll just add to that. I think, you know, if you kind of pull out uh, one of the themes there of what Dr. Lafontaine's talking about is that we're missing a focus really on on people in the healthcare system. And I would argue that it's both the, the focus on patients and their experience um, and how we're leveraging the system and technology to create a, a positive and impactful experience for patients. But equally important is, is the experience of providers. And I think fundamentally, partly why we're failing right now is our system's not designed to prioritize people whether patients or providers, and that lack of focus on that has often led to, to emphasis on other things that are less important. And until we sort of get back to, to that question of how do we create a seamless experience for patients and providers, one where people can get the care they need, it's accessible, they know what's going on with their care, and providers can get people where they need to be in a timely way, we're not going to be able to achieve high-quality health care or a system that, that really delivers for anyone in a meaningful way. So if I were to ask you, and I will, what should the patient do who's feeling terribly unwell and is, um, I don't want to use the word shunted, but close to being shunted from pillar to post within the system because it's so overstressed and maybe sent home without a proper diagnosis? What are the options that are available to patients who have great concern right now? Fair question? It is a fair question, and, and I would say I think it's a really important question, and I think it, that, qu that question fundamentally is why healthcare right now is ranking as a top concern for Canadians, as I think many Canadians are in that situation of being fearful of what will happen to them if they have a serious health problem. Um, and right now, I think particularly for that one in five Canadians without a family doctor or a medical home, the fear of ending up in that situation is very real because they're without a provider to really quarterback their care and to make sure that they're getting what they need in the system. Um, so right now, you know, for folks in that in that position, their, their options really are limited is the reality of it. Um, if they're acutely ill, of course, they can access care in an emergency department. Uh, but as we know that right now, is, is challenging in and of itself. Um, and, and there's, of course, walk-in clinic options and some walk-in virtual care options. But the reality is none of those things are optimal for people that have serious medical problems or any sort of chronic illness that needs ongoing coordination or follow-up. Um, and, and I worry for Canadians that are finding themselves in that situation. And, and, could, and could Dr. LaFontaine or myself guarantee they're going to get optimal care right now, given the limitations in the system? I, I think it would be hard to say that that's the case. And again, it's not for a lack of desire of the providers in the system who want to give people excellent care. It's that, that the system is fragmenting so much that it's hard to ensure that experience for every patient. Dr. Lafontaine, what do we do? You know, I, I'll carry on with, with what Dr. Smart is saying, and I, I'm 100% on, on the same page as her. You know, Dr. Smart was one of the first people to talk about the collapse of the healthcare system near the end of her term last year. You know, we... we did not confront the reality of how we are on the edge or falling off the edge when it comes to health systems in this country. And the reality is when you, you don't deal with a crisis, the crisis continues to expand until it consumes everything around it. And we're not seeing this happen evenly across all health systems. And this isn't to catastrophize the situation, but we, we have to be clear with patients in certain places there isn't an option beyond what's right in front of you. You know, a, a year ago, we could talk about, you know, different options, uh, going to see your community family physician, uh, seeing allied provider like a nurse practitioner, going to a walk-in clinic, going to emergency and using that as kind of your entry point to get into the, the medical system. But all those those streams are overwhelmed right now. And so what, what do patients 
have as far as options right now. I, I think this is where providers and patients need to be very united. We, we have to call on our political leaders that we need immediate shifts towards these types of providing care that we know work. Mm-hmm. You know, team-based care unlocks an enormous amount of access for patients. You know, you're not in a bottleneck to see a specific person. You're, you're matched with the person who can solve your problem. You know, we, we have places in, in Canada that this works really well right now, primary care networks in Alberta, family healthcare teams in Ontario. But making sure that governments across the country invest in these types of team-based care is actually the solution. I, I don't think the the options of, of switching from stream to stream anymore is is viable at the stage of the collapse that we're at right now. You know, I hear you use the word collapse, and I know why you're using it, because it is in collapse. When we have 5 million Canadians without a family doctor, as, as you were speaking about that, Dr. Smart, I was thinking about kids in those families. An entire family has no family physician. You're a pediatrician. What does somebody do? Who, what does a family do who doesn't have access to a family doctor? Yeah, as you said, uh, uh, Dr. Lafontaine, there are walk-in clinics and there are emergency rooms and but it's it's a it's a, a net loss of the very first link in the in the healthcare chain. The question I have is this: If we have these thirteen jurisdictions, healthcare jurisdictions, is there cohesion between them? Um, what what's what's the reality? And and if if it doesn't exist in this country, if there isn't a formula somewhere in Canada that we might look at nationally, adopting all of us. Is there, a, is there an out-of-country, out-of-Canada formula that might be worthwhile? Dr. Lafontaine, would you take that on? You know, it's it's a really important question. I, I think it's a question that people are migrating to more and more as they realize just how bad things have gotten. We often compare ourselves against European countries. And the first place that, that patients' minds usually go is, well, we need a hybrid system. You know, we need a mixed public-private system. But here's the part that I actually think we need to emulate from the European countries. None of them have our 13 separate jurisdiction model. They they have a pan-national model when it comes to health human resources. They have a national model when it comes to licensure and registration. They have a national model when it comes to having patients be able to go place to place and ensuring that providers and patients are treated the same no matter where you are in the country. And if you look at the discussions going on right now about the National Health Service in the UK, a big focus is on money, but the reason why it's on money is because they've actually fixed the problems we have yet to fix here in Canada. We, we're still talking about these nationalized approaches in our federation that we haven't, that we've known have needed to change for the past ten years, but we have yet to put into the work of actually changing them. And so, the, I think that those are the models that we need to emulate. You know, Canada is alone not only with its publicly funded health system but even more so in its way that it approaches its nationalized health systems. So we know it's broken. We've just explained that. We know it's broken. We need to fix it. Dr. Smart, what do you say? I think there's a, you know, a few areas that are really critical to focus on when we want to think about, you know, what are some of the fundamental things that are making our system not work? And and I, I think we've identified what some of those things are. You know, one is information sharing. Right now, you know, you're talking about 
you're asking that question, you know, is there coordination across provinces? I mean, the reality is in some cities, there isn't even the ability to share information. There's challenges in sharing information between individual physicians' offices and hospitals and back and forth. Um, there's it's challenges in sharing information across a province, um, between provinces, you know, almost impossible. So really, we need to better understand how we're utilizing data and electronic medical records. And we need to really get that solved if we want to see better coordination of care across our country. So that's one huge part. The other part is the human health resource issue. You know, we don't actually really even know how many doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, psychologists, et cetera, we need and where they are and and what types of people we should be training for the future to create the teams to meet the needs of Canadians. So again, if we want to be coordinated, we need some accountability around who's in those roles, where are they working, how do we distribute them geographically to meet the needs of Canadians. You know, our country is much more challenging in a lot of ways because of the geographic diversity and and the distance just between people as when you start comparing, say, to a European country. So we really need to be fundamentally understanding that. And right now we don't have that information. We're not planning for it. And there's there's not that accountability. So that's another sort of fundamental, I think, next step or thing that needs to be solved to start to move towards better solutions. And we need that workforce mobility so that we can get people where they need to be when they need to be there to support our country, particularly given that a quarter of Canadians live in rural areas where the the need to support medical services in those spaces is much more challenging. So I think there's some fundamental issues there that underpin the system that we need to be thinking about if we really want to move towards solutions. And then I think other values that need to be there is accountability. Uh, What's the accountability in the system right now for the funding that we spend? Um, And again, refocusing the dollars to follow the patient. So we have more activity-based funding and and more control where patients see the value following them as opposed to global budgets that just often lead to waste and a lack of accountability and not optimizing the resources that are in the system. So I think if we can start to identify what some of these fundamental challenges are, what's working, what's not, uh, where we need to focus for transformation, then I think we're going to get closer to designing a healthcare system that's based on the right principles. And the other key principle I think Canadians would care about there is equity. And that's why we do take pride in our system is because it is universal. Uh, But right now it's not equitable and, and we need to be able to think about that as well. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.